Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I'm Lydia Sen, your host, and a few years ago, my husband and I paid off $36,000 in debt in two years living on a small income, and we had two babies at that time. And so I understand the ins and outs and imperfections of dealing with money because life is messy, personal finance is messy, and it rarely fits inside a cash envelope. So if you're ready to have a grace-filled, no-shame discussion about money, you've come to the right place. Hello, hello. Today we're going to be talking about how it doesn't have to be all or nothing and you can do what you can with what you have, but first a little housekeeping. It's storming outside, so it is not your imagination if you hear some thunder in the background or some rain. Maybe this podcast episode will just be extra soothing for you. But today I wanted to tackle the concept of doing what you can with what you have, because I feel like for many of us in many areas of our lives, not just personal finance, but particularly personal finance, we get caught up in this idea that it is all or nothing. We have to be doing everything. We have to be doing it all right. And if we're not, there's no point in doing it at all. And that is a lie and something that we need to unlearn. And I thought I would share with you the process of me unlearning that. So I am self-employed. I work full-time as a virtual assistant meaning I virtually assist. I help people in their small businesses from the comfort of my own dining table. As a contract employee, I am so fortunate to get to work with small businesses around the country, helping them with their marketing programs. But because I am self-employed, I am fully responsible for my own retirement. So I put my money into a Roth IRA. My husband has a traditional employer and he puts his retirement into a 401k. So very quickly, before we go any further into this discussion, I thought I would break down the difference between the two of those. Because sometimes we hear all these terms, we don't understand what they mean. It doesn't mean that we're not smart. It just means we've never been taught. So I'm going to take a second and maybe hopefully teach you a couple things. So a 401k, 401k is the IRS tax code, and it is simply an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So a 401k is available through an employer. There is something called a solo 401k that a small business can open, but we're not going to get into that right now. So my husband has a traditional 401k, and how it works is the company sets up who they want that account to be through. My husband puts money into that account and then he gets to pick his investment strategy. The money is put in pre-tax, meaning it lowers your current taxable income and then you pay taxes on the money and the growth upon retirement. And often employers will offer some sort of match. And this is part of your employment package. It is part of your salary. So a company will say, if you put in 5% of your paycheck, we will match an additional 5% in funds. So it's extra money going into your 401k that you're not putting in, they're putting in. And if you're listening to this in 2022, you can put in a maximum of $20,500 a year into your 401k. And so that's $20,500 a year 
invested and then also that you're not paying taxes on right now, but you will be taxed on it in the future. My husband has it set up where every week, because he gets paid weekly, a certain amount goes in there. And at the end of the year, it is equal to that $20,500. So he's maxing out his 401k. This is the second year ever in the history of our lives that we've been able to do that. For years, we were just putting into the match and then we kind of upped it as our budget allowed. And so we really were doing what we can, what we could at the time until we reached that amount. Okay, so I, as a self-employed person, have to offer myself my own retirement. And so I have a Roth IRA. And how a Roth IRA works is you choose what company, what financial institution you want to use. So like Fidelity or Charles Schwab or Vanguard, there are many you can choose from. You open an IRA, an individualized retirement account, And you can put in a maximum of $6,000 a year. Everyone can put in a maximum of $6,000 until I think they reach the age of 65 and then it goes up. Um, It has to be earned income. So if you are um, a stay-at-home parent or a homemaker, someone doing the unpaid labor of keeping your home running, you can get what is known as a spousal IRA. And that means that your spouse can put money into an account in your name from their earned income, but it's a maximum of $6,000 a year. And you invest the money post-tax, it grows tax-free. Now, here's where the confusion can come in sometimes. So an IRA is just the account name. You put the money in it, and it's not going to do anything. (laughs) You have to invest that money into something like an ETF or an index fund, And I'll leave an Investopedia article in the show notes so that you can look up some of these terms for yourself. Okay, so that was a lot of talk, right? In order for me as the holder of a Roth IRA to max it out every year, and that's my goal, I want to put $6,000 a year into it, I would need to invest $500 a month. This does not always happen. In fact, it hasn't happened more times than it has happened, if that makes sense. But I'm still investing every month. It's not always the full 500. Sometimes it's 250. Sometimes it's 350. In the beginning, when I first opened my Roth IRA, it was $75 a month. And that was it. That was all I was able to put in. Let's do some math. If I could only invest $150 a month into my Roth IRA at the end of 30 years, I could potentially have $328,316 and only have invested $54,000 out of pocket thanks to the power of compounded interest. Now that is assuming a 10% rate of return, but I could just on my $1,800 annually for 30 years make over $3,000. Now I would not be able to live off of that for very long but I can't live off of the $47 in my PayPal account either. So it's really important, not so much for us to focus on the perfection, but to focus on the progress. So I've never considered myself a perfectionist. If you saw the state of my floors or how cluttered my countertops are or how infrequently I fold towels, you would be like, yeah, Lydia, no, no one pegged you as a perfectionist until I started therapy. 
And my therapist talked to me about hidden perfectionism. And it's this whole idea of if I can't do it completely by the rules, I'm not doing it at all. And that's how so many of us look at retirement. If I can't put in the max, what's the point? I'm not doing it at all. And I've seen that bleed into other areas of my life. I'm going back to school um, to get another bachelor's degree. And it's been hard for me to reconcile the fact that I can't be a full-time student and work full-time and be a mom all at the same time. And so I'm taking one or two classes at a time. And that's that was hard for me to really kind of agree on because I want to do it quote unquote right. I want to do it the right way. I want to do it all at once. I don't want to take breaks. I want to do it by the rules. And we place an arbitrary moral value on quote unquote the rules when those rules don't necessarily exist. They're guidelines. Like, yeah, ideally we could go to school full time. Ideally, we would be putting $6,000 a year into our IRA, but we don't live in an ideal. We live in a reality and we don't need to pass fail ourselves on whether or not we were able to complete an arbitrary goal. It is great to set goals. Absolutely. I love setting goals. I set daily goals, weekly goals, annual goals. I love it. I did a whole podcast about it, but those goals mean nothing if they're not based on the actual realities that we are living. And I love that there are more people on the internet having frank, honest discussions about money. I love that people are sharing their real debt numbers. I think that having honest discussions rids us of the shame that we associate having debt with. But I feel like also when we're not careful and we're only watching people's highlight reels, we can swing back into that shame cycle of telling ourselves that we're not doing enough. And doing what you can with what you have is enough. It's not going to be perfect. We all can't put in the max. We all live within you know, a, a set frame of guidelines. We all have a certain amount of income we're bringing in. And in times like these, the best we can do is the best we can do. Be mindful of waste, of where your money is going, of how you're spending, of how you're feeling when you spend. But the best you can do is the best you can do and your best gets better with practice. Okay, I hope this helped. I would love to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Lydia Sin. You can find me at frugaldebtfreelife.com backslash podcast, where you will find this and every other episode that you may have missed. So I would love for you to check those out. Also, thank you to every single one of you who has taken the time to leave a review. If you are listening on Apple podcast or Spotify, you can swipe over the artwork and find a place to leave reviews. That is how people find the show. And I can continue to spread this message of hope and healing in your financial journey and shame-free grace feel grace failed. You hear my accent coming out grace filled money discussions. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you soon.